Let's get going. So today's daf is daf Tazayan, page 16 in the Heligum Masechus Tzubas. And we are going to go back to the bottom of Tesvav Hamad Beis and restart our parak. So here we go. All right. Now, the Mishnah gives us a case where you have a husband and wife fighting over the value of the Ksuba. And the reason, and they're already married. It could be they're married already for, for 50 years, but they're fighting over the value. Now, where's the Ksuba? Apparently it was lost. Stolen, it's gone. So they're writing a new Ksuba. And now they get into an argument over what it said in the Ksuba. So here we go. If you have a woman who either had the status of a widow or a divorcee, she says, however, you should know that at the time that we got married, I was a Basula. So she was known to previously have been married. But she says, previously, I was a basula, and therefore, my original ksuba was 200 zuz. And the husband says, not true. No, you were a widow, you were already a non-virgin, and the original ksuba only had the value of 100 zuz. It was one mana. So, we have, we, so now Bezdin has to decide what value ksuba to give her. So if there are still witnesses around, that at the time that she got married, she went out. We're just going to translate this not literally. We're going to say she walked around like a single girl who's never been married. All right? So, her ksuba is going to be 200 zuz, like a regular besula. As long as people say, you know, we were by her chasna, and until her chasna, she did not have... She didn't look like a Bula, she didn't dress like a Bula. We'll see exactly what that is in the Gemara. So that's enough to say, give her a 200 Zuz Ksuba. Rabbi Yechem Breka says something fascinating. This is what he says. He says, Even if people can say that at the time of her marriage, they were giving out toasted grain, that also would be a proof. Now what does this mean? What's the toasted grain? So back then, as we find many times, you know, um, obviously they had different types of candies that we have nowadays. They didn't have the type of production and technology. So their candy back then used to be nuts and things of that sort. So at uh, at the wedding of a basula, where people make a, a, a whole ganze geschäft, they, do, they make a whole to-do, by the, you know, by, by the wedding of a basula. So if you could have testimony that the types of setting and foods that were served were, were a basula dika, was a basula dika affair, that also would suffice to tell us to give her a ksuba of 200 zuz. So interesting. According to the first opinion, what do you say in order for her, how would she be able to prove that she was a basula? With witnesses saying she herself looked like a basula. She dressed like a basula. Rabbi Yechem is saying, even if she didn't dress like a basula, but they, they, they gave out toasted grain, but you know, when she was getting married, that's also going to be a raya, that's also going to be a proof that she gets a 200 zuz ksuba. Okay. Says the Mishnah Viter, Umayda Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Yeshua will admit. Now this is a strange expression. Because have we seen Rabbi Yeshua? We haven't met Rabbi Yeshua in our Mishnah yet. Usually when you say somebody will admit, you've already stated their opinion, and you're saying, oh, despite that you'll admit. Right? You'll, you'll still agree in some way, shape, or form. 
We, we haven't seen Rabbi Yeshua, so we're going to have to clarify in the Gemara what's this interesting expression of Rabbi Yeshua Maida. Let's get going. Rabbi Yeshua admits, If somebody says to his friend, and this seems to be, a, it's, it seems to be new, but it's a continuation somehow. If somebody says to his friend, You should know this field that I have, I bought from your old man. I got it from your father. He's trusted to say that the deed was handed over to him. The same mouth that told us it was the father's originally is telling us it's not the father's now. So the son cannot say, oh really? Prove to me that it's yours and not my father's. No, 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 no. The one who started the, the issue is the one who we're going to rely upon. However, if there's witnesses that it was somehow the land was the father's, and witnesses, you know, somebody passed away, and witnesses come to the son, they say, you should know the land that this guy's living on really is your father's. He's like, oh, that's interesting. He walks over to the guy living on the land, and he's like, hey, you know, I heard this belongs to me. It was my father's. I'm the inheritor. And the guy's like, oh, no, I, I bought it. Then he's going to have to prove that it's actually his because there's no logic of we now have witnesses telling us that originally was the father. And if, if you want to say that it's yours, show us the deed. Show us the transaction to know that you purchased it. Okay, so let's pause. Take a step back. This is very interesting. The Mishnah started out <clears throat> by saying that um, you have a husband and wife, the case of a lost ksuba. The husband wants it to be 100, she wants it to be 200. So the Mishnah said, if she has Adim that she walked around like a basula, she gets 200. Rabbi Yechem and Breika added, even if they served something, you know, the, the toasted grain. They served the toasted grain, that's also going to suffice to give her 200. Says the Gemara like this. Now, let's keep, before we get to the Gemara, let's keep going. Then the Mishnah somehow says, Rabbi Yeshua will admit by inheritance that Pesha Osar Pesha Hitter. So we're going to have to figure on the Gemara how that segue happened. You know, the, the famous, uh, it's famous if you know it, but the joke they say about um, there was a lecturer that would go around and um, he, he had like an incredible speech, but he only had one speech. And he wasn't a real Talmud Chacham, but he had one speech that Mamish people loved. So they thought he's Talmud Chacham. So how would he cover himself? He just traveled from town to town. This way, you know, he would come in, he'd give that one speech and he moved on. And everybody thought he's a big Talmud Chacham. So the problem is that one speech was always about Kairach. He had a speech on Parshas Kairach. So what are you going to do when you're in a town and it's not Parshas Kairach? So he would walk, so he'd come to the town, he'd say, oh, I have a big drosha, big drosha to give, mamish, yeah, fine. He'd get up there and he'd say, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful that everybody in, invited me here. I'm humbled by the experience to speak about this week's Parsha. And then he would, he would drop a paper, he would drop a paper on the floor and he'd look around, he'd be like, oh, you know, I, I brought my notes and, and now, uh, I don't know, they just fell on the floor and it looks like the ground swallowed them up like Kairach. Once we're talking about Kairach, let me tell you something about Kairach. And that, that's, how he, uh, that's how he wiggled out of it, yeah? So you're like a comedian. You have to know how to segue from topic to topic. As, so our Mishnah 
is a pretty abrupt segue over here. It's like, oh, they're arguing about Aksuba. And Rabbi Yishu admits about Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter when it comes to inheritance. What Shaykh is? What's the connection? So the Gemara will have to explain that. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Let's focus on the beginning of the Mishnah first. Taima Adim. The reason why she's trusted to say her Ksuba was 200 because there are witnesses saying she walked around like a virgin. Haleka Adim. Let's say there's no witnesses. Baal Mehemon. It seems the husband would be believed and her Ksuba would be 100. Okay? Very good. Lema Tanan. Uh, Lema Tanan. Let's say our Mishnah Stama is plain. The like Rabbi Gamliel is not following the pin of Rabbi Gamliel. Di Rabbi Gamliel ha'amar ihi mehamna. Remember Rabbi Gamliel that we learned a few daf ago said that in general we're going to trust the wife. Over here we're saying that we don't trust the wife unless you actually have witnesses. So say Rabbi Gamliel will argue on this Mishnah, to which the Gemara says no. A few tamer of Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel may very well fall in line with our Mishnah. In the case of Rabbi Gamliel, where he says that you believe the wife, that's because the wife is a bari, she knows for sure, and he's only a shema. She says, I know when I got married, I was a basula. And he says, maybe. So over there, Rabbi Gamliel says, listen, bari v'shema, bari adif, right? We listen to her claim, she knows. But over here, each one's coming with a solid claim. You know what the husband's saying? I know the ksuba was a 100 ksuba. You understand? It's no longer just about, oh, I know I was a virgin, not a virgin. No, they're arguing about a ksuba, the ksuba itself. And the husband says, listen, I, am, I know for certain that the ksuba was, was 100, not 200. So over here, by bari you bari, maybe Rebbe Gamliel will say, we don't trust her unless you actually have witnesses that she was walking around like a basula. Maybe Rebbe Gamliel will actually agree with that. So it says the Gemara in a beautiful way. So one second. Udika whoever just asked this question, Micah Arile, what were they thinking, Taka? What were they thinking? It's not Rebbe Gamliel. You're dealing with two completely different things, right? You're dealing with uh, trains and cars. You're dealing with uh, two, two things that don't go in the net. In one case, Bari Vishem, and one's Bari Bari. So, what was he thinking? No, since there's also a chazaka, or call it a rife, a majority, that most women are besulais when they are, when they have an asulin. So, it's like a bari vishama. Remember, the case was where this guy married a woman who already had the status of, a, of being married, and then either she was divorced or was, uh, or was widowed. So under that circumstance, I would say, listen, um, maybe he becomes a, um, a bari, a, a shema. And it makes sense to say, like that, even this, that it says in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua will admit, here we go, ready? What's this expression of admit? If you're gonna, um, it's understandable if you're going to say that Rabbi Gamliel was giving a case where he admitted, I'm sorry, where Rabbi Gamliel will agree to Rabbi Yeshua. Remember what was the original Machlechus Gamliel, Rabbi Yeshua? Rabbi Gamliel says a woman is believed, Rabbi Yeshua says he's not believed. So Rabbi Gamliel would agree to Rabbi Yeshua that she's not believed. Shapir, it makes sense where you're going to say, oh, in this case, Rabbi Yeshua 
will now agree to Rabbi Gamliel that the wife is believed. However, Rabbi Yeshua Lamai Maida, but if you're going to say that we're not dealing with Rabbi Gamliel ever admitting to Rabbi Yeshua, so what's this expression of Maida? Rabbi Yeshua Leman Maida, who's Rabbi Yeshua admitting to when he says Pesha Osar, Pesha Hitir? Answer the Gemara, Misav Rabbi Yeshua, a high parking coin. No, Rabbi Yeshua is not going on the beginning of our. Of our uh, uh, the, the beginning halacha of our Mishnah, rather amigu koi va'apirkin kamakai. He's really going back on the first parak, and he's referring to the migu. Now let's explain migu. Let's explain migu. There's various levels of trusting. Sometimes you trust somebody. Because there's no reason not to trust them. Sometimes you trust somebody because they've earned your trust. There's different levels of, of trust. You understand? Like, like, I don't know somebody, they told me something. I'll trust what they're saying, but far? Do I, do I trust it fully? Far? If, if somebody would come to argue on it, would I have a problem? No. I don't have a problem with it. You could argue, like, I don't fully trust, like, why not, right? But somebody who has a established name as being someone who's trustworthy in my life, it's going to take a lot more to remove that trust, okay? Here's point number two. Either way, either way, no matter how uh, or why we trust, whether it's somebody I know or don't know, It'll also depend on what the claim is. See, here, here's where we get into Migo. Here's where we get into Migo. If they tell me something that if they would have lied, they could have lied in a much stronger way, that also will add trustworthiness to their statement. Okay? So that, this is where Migo comes in. Migu means since. So let's give an example. Somebody comes and says, you know, um, I, I dented your car. You have a dent in your car. I'm sorry, I, I uh, dented uh, the front left corner. Okay. So we go look at the car. And I see that... Um, I see that there's a dent in the front left corner of the car. And there's also a scratch along, uh, somewhere along the bumper elsewhere. And I say, did you do this? He says, no. Migu, that he didn't need to come to me in the first place, tell me that he dented the car. I have much stronger reason to believe that he didn't scratch the other part of the car. Because... Since he didn't need to show up at all. The fact that you're showing up and admitting something and telling me something that I didn't know beforehand, and if you didn't want me to know anything, or you would have completely wanted, even if I would have known something, but you could have got yourself totally off the hook by just completely, uh, you know, um, uh, um, not disagreeing. What's the, what's the proper word? When you don't admit to something, ignoring the whole thing. 
He completely ignored it. So there's Migu said, Migu, you could have even not showed up, or Migu, you could have come with a better claim. I'll have a greater reason to believe you now. All right? That's, this, is how, uh, this is how Migu works. Okay. So the Gemara is going to now get into explaining the Migu. But says the Gemara, Ahai. Let's explain the Migu and let's explain what Rabbi Yeshua is talking about in the last parak that we're saying here, Maida Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua is admitting something that happened in Parak Aleph. Now, what was that? Here we go. If you're saying that he's going back to the to the case of in the Mishnah, remember at the end of the first parak, we learned two days ago, uh, three days ago, if you have a woman who's pregnant, and we say to this woman, who's the father of this child? And she says, the father of this child is Yankul Kohn. Rebbe Gamliel, Rebbe Lezer, Aymim Nemenes, the Rebbe Gamliel, Rebbe Lezer says, we trust her, and Rebbe Yeshua, Aymer Laimi Piyanu Chayin, Rebbe Yeshua says, we do not live by her word, meaning we do not trust her, and we still are concerned, maybe the father is a puzzle person, and this child is a, is a, has an issue, Hasam my Migu Ika, what Migu is there in that case? Migu, she could have said what? There she's completely, com- she's completely saying that there's no issue uh, whatsoever with, uh, with the pregnancy and with the child. means her stomach, literally her stomach's between her teeth, okay? Now it means she's clearly pregnant. So what else is she going to say? You have a woman who's clearly pregnant. You say, who's the father? She's saying, oh, the father's the mamish, the best yichus and a kayin. Uh, Migu, she would have said what? A, a, a better claim. That's the best you can get. So that's not the Migu we're going on. Okay? Elaha. Rather, this is what Rabbi Yeshua is going on. Here's the case in the following Mishnah. Ru'ua medaberes im echad. Okay. See, here we go. Also, Dafir Gimel. Ru'ua medaberes im echad. We see a woman speaking to somebody else. And we say to her, who's this guy you're talking to? And I remember we had a machlekes, whether it meant yichud or actual relations. And she says, that it's, you know, the guy I'm speaking to is Yankul Kohn, and he's a kayin, he's a kasher. You don't trust her. Again, over there, what type of migu is there? What's the migu? Excuse me. Hanicha, it's understandable. Again, Hanicha, Ziri, Damar, Midaberis, Nisra. According to Ziri, says Midaberis means that she had Yichud together. Migu Diba, Yamar, Lainavalti. Since she could have said, you should know, this guy wasn't the father in the first place. Remember, we saw her talking to a guy, which means we saw her secluded with the guy, but she, and, and now she's pregnant. She could have said, I never had relations with the guy. But instead, she says, oh, the guy who I was Miyachid with, is a kosher guy in a kayin. Migu, she could have said, I never had relations. The karma of Alti, and she's saying, no, I did have relations, but you should know the guy was kosher. So Mehemna, she's believed. Now, even if she's not pregnant, but she's coming out and saying, I'm believed. She, that she's coming out saying that, uh, you know, I had relations. El Ravasi, but according to Ravasi, who says, what does Midaberes means? We actually had Adam that she had znos. My Migu Ika, what's the Migu? What's the better claim? Again, what's the case now? You see a woman being Mizana with another guy. 
and we say, who's this guy? She says, oh, he's a kosher Kohen. We should believe her. Why? Uh, Migu that she could have said a better claim. She's giving the best claim out there. She's saying, hey, this guy, top notch, best guy in yeshiva, learned him brisk. Kohen, no issue with yichus. What's the Migu? What's the reason to trust her? She's claiming everything. The Elaha. Rather, you know what Rabbi Yeshua in the first, you know what he's admitting to in the first parak where we're going to trust her? It's going to be in the, uh, because of Migu. How about this Mishnah? She says, I lost my uh, virginity or signs of virginity. I didn't lose my virginity. I lost the signs of virginity to, because of Mukasets, because of an injury, because of a piece of wood. He says, I don't know, maybe yeah, maybe no. But all I know is, but I'm, I'm going to assume, I'm going to expect, says the husband, that somebody else had relations with you. says she's believed. There Rabbi Yeshua says, uh, we don't trust her. Over there as well. What migu is there? According to Rabbi who says that usually she's going to, um, that uh, she would either get a mana or nothing at all, meaning the husband saying, I don't want to pay her anything, migu diboy, amra mukas eitz migu, that she could have said, I was a mukas eitz, tachtecha v'islei masayim, and I'll get 200, v'kah amra, me'ikara d'lesli alamana mehemna, but she's saying that happened before, so I shall at least get a mana, you're believed, so then it makes sense. Listen to this, it's beautiful. Let's pause for, let's pause before Ella. Chavra, listen closely. What are we looking for here? We're looking for a case where we should trust her because of Amigu. Right? Because she could have come with a better claim. So listen to what the Gemara wants to say. If a woman says to her husband, I'm a Mukas Eitz. That's why I don't have signs of virginity. And he says, how do I know? Maybe I had relations. But Belazah says, you know what they're arguing about? She's saying, I want a mana. I want 100 zuz. And he says, I don't want to give her anything. It's a mekach toys. She, she had relations with another guy. And what she's saying, I'm a mukas eitz. When I married you, when I married you, the reason why I didn't have the signs is because I'm mukas eitz. Does she have a, does she have a better claim there? You know what, know what the answer is? Yes. We should believe her. You know why? She could have said, listen, sweetie pie, when we got married, I actually, under our chuppah, I had my besulim. Right afterwards, things got filled. During the dancing, they, my friends picked me up on the table during the dancing on the lady's side and I fell down and I became a mukasetz. And therefore, you should still owe me 200 zuz. Because at the time I got married, I wasn't even a Mukas 8. She could have said, I became a Mukas 8 after the chuppah. So give me 200. But what she's saying, she says, no, at the time I got married, I'm Mukas 8. There we should say, Migu, since she could have claimed something that was more beneficial for her, where she could even get 200, and she didn't claim that, that's more reason to believe her. Yichab? Yeah? We got the Migu. Yishmak. Yishmak. Right? She's agreeing she's a Mukas 8. Bef- prior to the marriage, Migu, she could have said, I became a Mukas 8 after the Chuppah. We should believe her that she was a Mukas 8 beforehand. 
That's all going in the opinion of Rabbi Elazar, where she's saying, I want 100, and he's saying, I want to give you nothing. Okay, however, but according to Rabbi Echenon, who holds that she's claiming as a Mukas 8, she still wants 200. And he's saying, no, I only want to pay you 100. So my, we're back to our question. My Migu Ika. Where's the Migu? Where's the, since what? Again, what's she claiming? Mukas 8 before the Chas. But Gamil says you still got 200 Zuz if that happens. So we're going to say, Miku that she could have said became Mukas after the Chasna, there's no difference. It's not a better claim. It's the same claim. If you hold a Mukas still gets 200 Zuz. So there's no difference if she's claiming it happened before or after. So you don't have a Miku. There's no better claim that's more beneficial for her. So according to Begum Leo, what's the Miku? <clears throat> so Gemara says like this. Ella, aha. Rather, I'll find you another case. That Rabbi Yeshua is being maida, admitting to a prior Mishnah that we're going to trust her because of Migu. What's that case? If somebody marries a woman, does nesuin on a woman. He doesn't find any signs of virginity. She says, listen, I was violated after Arison and your, flood, your field flooded. Say it ten times fast, your field flooded, yeah. You'll feel flooded. And it's not none do with me. He says, no. How do I know? Maybe you lost your besulim before Arison. So over there we're going to say like this. When she has a migu, she could have said, I became a mukas eight after Arison. The like apostle nafshi gahuna. If she became, if she would say a mukasets, she wouldn't have puzzled herself up from kahuna. She only puzzled for kahuna when somebody, when, when you're violated, you're still puzzled to kahuna. If somebody loses their basulum due to injury, you don't become puzzled to kahuna. So Migu that she could have said it was a mukasets, which would have allowed her to stay kahuna, and she didn't take that claim that's more beneficial for her. The Kaumra, and instead she said, that nasty. She says, I was raped, I was violated, which passes up to Gahuna. That's why Rev Gamliel says she's trusted. And Rabbi Shur says, Rev Gamliel, one second. That specific Migu, in that case, I will agree with you in that Mishnah. However, um, in the, as far as a different case, Bahu Migu Dahasam, the Migu in the other case, Poligna Ilovach, I will argue on you. I don't agree to the other Migu. So you have now what we just established as a case where Rabbi Yeshua will accept the Migu in one place and will not accept the Migu in the other place. Says the Gemara, why how does Rabbi Yeshua determine which Migu to follow? Mihti, let's see. Hai Migu Vahai Migu. Each one's got a Migu. Maishna hai. Migu may hi Migu. What's the difference between this Migu and that one? Yeah, which is Good. the one that he, he, he admits and which one he just... Oh, Gavaldi. So, in, uh, so, so let's elaborate on this. So the Gemara just said that there's one Migu that Rabbi Yeshua is going to agree with Rabbi Gamliel that that Migu is valid enough to rely on. Another Migu is not valid enough to rely on. So here we go. In, on the bottom, in, in our new Perek, on the bottom of Daf Tes Vav Amud Beis, going to the top of Tes Zayin Amud Aleph, remember we gave a case 
where somebody um, somebody says to his friend, "I, you know, this field was your father's, and I bought it from him." In that case, we said Rabbi Yeshua will admit, will agree to migu, and the one who's on the field right now does not need to prove that it's his. That migu that he could have, he could have said nothing. Migu, he could have said nothing, allows us to believe him to say it's his. However, in the other case, which is where she could have said, uh, and, you know, where she said, I was, I, somebody, uh, somebody violated me after Arison. That's what she said. A better claim that would have worked out more beneficial for her could have been, I became a Mukasates. Why is that more beneficial? Because then she would still be permitted to a Kohen if she would have claimed that. Rabbi Yeshua says that type of Migu, I don't agree with. I don't agree to Migu. Migu, she could have said, Mukasates, so we should trust her that she was Ba'ani. She says if she would, no, we don't trust her. Well, so why by the case of the field, in our Mishnah here, do we say, trust the guy? Because of Migu, I didn't need to say anything. Those are the two Migus. Rabbi Shua in our Mishnah, in our new parak, is agreeing with the Migu. But in the previous case of, she said I was violated, she could have claimed Mukasa, then we say we not believe. We want to know why. Okay. Yeah? Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Answers the Gemara. Short answer. Hacha. Here in our new parak. Ein shar shachot lefanecha. This is an expression. You don't have the dead carcass of the ox lying in front of you. Meaning, did anything exist until the purchaser opened his mouth? No. There was no, no issues on the field. He decided to open his mouth. He should, maybe he shouldn't have, but he did. Right? But the, the, there, was no, there was no issue laying over here. But Hassam, where the wife says that um, I was ma'anes, okay, I was ma'anes, somebody, somebody violated me, and she could have claimed um, I, I was mukasets, shor shochot lefanecha, the ox is lying dead in front of you. You know what that means? He had relations with his wife and she wasn't a virgin. The issue is coming from something that he's seeing not something that was brought up to him. By the case of the field, the purchaser says, oh, by the way, it used to be your old man's. Over here, he had relations with his wife. He's like, hey, lady, there's no besulim. What's up? And she's like, oh yeah, you know, after Arison, someone violated me. The problem started already. Right? He already noticed the problem. And when you already notice the problem, when you have the shar shachulafanacha, it's the issue is lying here in front of us, and there's no denying that she's uh, that she's not a basula. So he says, eh, weak migu, weak migu. Either way, she's not the one who stood. Let me ask you a question. By, by the case of the where, where she didn't have her basulim, is it pesha osar pesha hitir? The one who created the problem should, should be relied upon? No. The problem's created already. As opposed to the case of the field, then we'll say, Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitir. Okay? You understand the Nafkamina? Why in one case we say Migu, one say we don't. Beautiful. All right. Says the Gemara, let's now tackle our Mishnah. Let's, let's go back. So that was a, a very, very Gishmaka 
explanation, getting into mamish, you know, migu and ever. Now says the says the Gemara. Our Mishnah said that um, that uh, there we we spoke about witnesses, right? So what happened was you have a woman who says that in my original ksuba I got two hundred, and he says no, it was a hundred, and there were witnesses saying. According to the first opinion, she walked around like a basula. According to the second opinion, that there were roasted grain that was handed out. Ask the Gemara, since most people, when they get married, are, uh, do, do not have, prior to their marriage, do not have out-of-wedlock relations, and they are virgins at the time that they get married, even if you don't have Adam, why don't we trust her that she was a basula? Follow majority. Majority of women, when they get married, are, are a basula. So use Rav. Amravin Ravina says, I'll tell you why. Granted, most women are basulim. However, there are some that are almanais, which means they don't have their virginity. The says basula yesh lokoil. And there's something else that you need to take into account. And that is, when you have a first marriage and a basula, there's many people who are aware that she was a basula beforehand. And you should know, you know, in, in certain circles, like in the, in the, call it the yeshiva community, where it's a lot more common for women to cover their hair, let's say, or things of that sort, have a spe- specific style, specific dress, that's going to be something that people are, will look for to know whether somebody, uh, you know, is, uh, you're not thinking about basula or bula, whether somebody's ever been married before, right? Oh, is the hair covered or is the hair not covered? The same way in the workplace, if a woman wants to know whether one of her coworkers is available to date, she's going to look at, for a wedding ring and see whether he's reading, wearing a ring on the finger, so, um, so it, it, it becomes public knowledge. No, these are things that are, that are very noticeable. Servina so says, you know, the question was, who cares if there's no Adam? <coughs> Excuse me. Who cares if there's no Adam? Either way, she should, we should follow Raiv. So Ravina is explaining, no. True that there's Raiv Basulim. However, it also becomes well known when a, when a uh, Basula gets married. It becomes well known. So who cares if it becomes uh, if it becomes well known? So the Gemara explains on the top of Ahmed Bey's. Now that it, now that people know it's a whole it's a bigger to do when a basula gets married. Vizu, this lady who lost her ksuba and she's claiming that she was a basula. Ho'il ve'ain lakol. Since there's no kol, since it's not well known. Now why is it not well known? Didn't she get married 50 years ago? Five years ago? Ten years ago? Maybe when she got married it was known. So you know what we'll say to her? Well, if it was so well known, just bring any two people who came to your wedding and they'll tell us. It's not hard to find two Aden. So Kivan, the Eim since she, she can't produce Aden, Isra Aruba, this creates an issue with her rife. Meaning, rife women get married as Basulim. True, how basulais. True. However, it should be so easy to get your testimony that you were a basula, you and you can't do that. Mm, 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 mm. Something's off, and that's going to ruin the rife. Says like Mar, if everybody knows about it, so even if she brings Adam, who cares? 
Yeah, if it becomes so public, so maybe when she brings these Edim, uh, maybe they're lying. Says the Gemara. If, if she, the Gemara is asking in a case where she would have a hard time getting Edim. If she would have a hard time finding Edim, so then also it should bother us. Right? So many people should know about it. Says, Most times it, it's public. That's what it means. Okay? It's just a, a little bit of a, a masriya, a little bit of a shvachkeit, a little bit of a weakening um, uh, about her. And Mamela, as, as long as she ultimately does find Adam, will say she goes back into that category of rove. And she's going to get a ksuba of 200, period, two dots, beautiful. And this is mamish, you know, this is, if you have time, these, the whole Gemara is profound. But these last few steps really te- should be teaching us and understand it, how to, how to think, how to view situations, how to view people. Because I find myself in a Gemara like this, probably daily, having to determine and balance out uh, trustworthiness in people, expectations of what they should be able to do. Even if somebody can produce some sort of proof, sometimes it looks strange the way that they produce the proof, right? If, if, if somebody's wedding is so well known and somebody's status and you gotta go have a tough time, uh, you know, even if you could prove it, but there's something still off, you have to like add it to the files, you know, like the, and, and, and how to put it back into the file and, and put it, I find the Gemara's like this are really, really profound in teaching a Yid how to not only think things through, but how to trust different levels of trust, parameters around what could be brought in order to gain and earn people's trust. So it's, uh, it's, it's worthwhile um, uh, contemplating this a shtickle. All right, here we go. Two dots. We said that there's witnesses that she went out looking like a besula, but the word we use here is a hinuma. All right? She, she, uh, she was wearing a hinuma. So she's going to get 200 zuz ksuba. Says the Gemara, maybe Eden will come to this bezdin and she'll collect her ksuba in this bezdin. And then she'll go to a, um, uh, another bezdin and collect. As well, meaning if we're not relying on the ksuba itself, we're just relying on witnesses that she wore some garment of besula, of uh, some besula garment. So who says she's not going to try to collect the value of her ksuba twice? The husband gets a receipt from the bezdin as soon as he pays out his ksuba. So if she were to approach another bezdin and says, you know, hey, uh, I'll bring witnesses that I get 200 ksuba. So they call the husband, they summon the husband, they say, do you owe her 200? And he says, nope. They say, what do you mean? And he produces his receipt. And he says, I'm already paid up. Fine. Rav Papa Amar, Rav Papa says, He gives another answer. And he says, maybe we're dealing with a place where they don't usually write a ksuba. Okay. Meaning there were places where they didn't write a ksuba, but anytime somebody was known to be married, um, uh, it, uh, you know, when they separated, the husband would just be obligated to pay up the uh, the two hundred zuz. So, under those circumstances, is the wife going to be able to go to Bezdin 
and uh, and claim Aksuba with you know while she holds it? No. Okay. So therefore, says her papa, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with this place. There's no Ksuba in the first place, so she's going to have no proof, and hence there's no chance she's going to pull anything out of a second Bezdin. Vika Damasi La Brisa. There are those who say this conversation happened about a Brisa that if the Ksuvasa. If a woman loses her ksuba, ksuvasa, or her ksuba was hidden. Now, it doesn't mean she did it on purpose, but it means they put it somewhere, which is not uncommon. They put it somewhere special and unique that nobody would find it. And guess what? They can't find it either. Right? You have to put something away carefully. It doesn't get lost, then it gets lost because you can't remember where you put it. Right? So, hetmino ksuvasa, nisifa ksuvasa, gets burnt. Raktu lefanel, or... So, okay. So now we don't have a ksuba. Got it? It was lost, it was burnt, it was uh, hidden too well, so there's no ksuba. So what do we say? People who danced in front of her at the chasna, or they pulled, they did the shtick at the chasna, and they brought in front of her a cup of wine of besura. This was announcing the good news that this besula is getting married. Or a mapa, a handkerchief of besulim. Okay, this is talking about the bed sheets that had the the dam that proved that she was a basula. As long as there's Adam that there was dancing at her wedding, at, at the type of wedding of a basula, so on and so forth, the shtick, the 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 mapa, ksubasamasayim. She could collect two hundred for ksuba. Says Gemara Valechos, why aren't we concerned? Doma mafka eda b'hay bedin v'gavia v'hadar mafka luksubasa b'hay gavia bedin v'gavia bey. And same question we had before. Why aren't we concerned? She's going to do this in two, but they didn't. The guy's going to have to pay up twice. So same answers. Amar Rebavos otamerit kais from Shaiver. She can't do it because the guy gets a receipt after paying up in the first bezdin. Rav Papa Amar Magam Shein kais from ksuba askinon. Okay, we're dealing with the case. They don't usually write ksuba, and therefore. We take measures and precautions to make sure she can't collect twice. Same answer we gave before. Don't tell me it's a place where they don't write a ksuba. What was the case? Her ksuba was lost. Her ksuba was burnt. So it must be there is a, we're dealing with a place where a ksuba is usually written. Otherwise, how to get lost? Answer the Gemara, the Kosov law, ihu. Most people in that place don't write a ksuba. This husband happened to write her a ksuba. Says the Gemara, Saif Saif, Mafkula The bottom line is, if he's giving her a ksuba, she may be able to collect it twice. Okay? So, um, you know, why are we putting him up against this risk? So the Gemara says, Saif Saif, uh, I'm sorry, says the Gemara, my Ivda. What does it mean that she lost it? It means Ivda Ba'ar. It was, even over uh, losing it, it means she didn't lose it like to nothing. It means it was lost in a fire, and therefore there's no chance she might find the ksuba and try to collect with it again. Says the Gemara, but one second. What are Bryce to say? Either it was lost or it was burnt. And now you're telling me lost means lost in a fire? That is burnt, right? Says the Gemara, one second. If you're telling me losing it is burning it, so that's the case of Shreifa. Furthermore, what about the case where she hid it? Visu Ivda Lamali. And what, what's the case of Ivda? So it can't be that she lost it means it's burnt. It doesn't make any sense. So rather, says the Gemara, Allah kol Ivda hetmina befaninu dami. What does it mean? Well, that it was lost. When something gets lost, it's, it's uh, the same as if it was hidden in front of us. Okay, what do you mean hidden in front of us? That there's a chance that she could get it back. There's a chance she can get it back and potentially collect with it a second time. 
And therefore, we're not going to give her any of the ksuba until Adam say that the ksuba has been totally burnt. And now that we know the ksuba has been totally burnt and there's no chance that she could collect with it a second time, we'll allow the ksuba to be paid up beautiful. Okay? So we have the same achlaikas. The first with uh, just uh, two lishayness, we'll call it. Two ways to approach the machlaikas. The first way to approach the machlaikas is a regular, you know, back and forth between Rabbi Vo and Rabbi Papa. The second way to understand the machlaikas is based upon the brisa. Says the Gemara, you should know, man demasni la abraisa, the one who taught this conversation having to do with the case of the uh, brisa. Again, what was the case of the brisa? Where the, you have the lost ksuba, the burnt ksuba, so on and so forth. He'll agree certainly that the same thing will hold true with our Mishnah, the same Machlaikas and the same conversation will hold with the Mishnah. The one who teaches uh, the, the conversation concerning the Mishnah, he'll say that as far as the Bryce is concerned, he, he's not going to uh, say that it's the same case. Because, of the, because the questions that we asked on the Bryce, what were the questions? What does it mean lost? It doesn't make any sense, right? We, we didn't, we didn't, it, it took us a while to understand how you can have the case of uh, lost ksuba, uh, uh, burnt ksuba, and still work, and still work, uh, and you're going to tell me it's a place where they didn't have a ksuba? It, the, the questions over there were, were too strong, and therefore he, he left that brysa aside and didn't want, specifically didn't want to use it as a source. Okay. Period, Givaldic. Two dots. Here we go. The Mishnah said, If there's Adim, that she walked around like a basula. Remember, how does a basula? She dressed like a basula with her hinuma or the toasted grain. Maybe she'll go collect twice. In a place where there's no other option, so we'll make sure to, again, same answer, we'll make sure to write a receipt. This way, if she ever does try to come and pull some sort of foul play, some sort of shtick, and try to collect money twice, the husband will have the shover, he'll have the receipt, and he'll prove that he does not need to pay again. If they, the Adam testified that they brought in front of her a kais shel besura, a cup of besuras taivas of uh, of the simcha. My kais shel besura. What is this cup of besura? Says the Gemara. Amr Avada Barav says kais yayin shel teruma mavir lefanel. They would bring her a cup of wine that was that was truma. In front of her, kalaymar meaning it was a chash of a cup. It was truma, right? Why would they bring her truma? Kalaymar meaning ruuya haisazu lecho betruma. Oh, this kala because she was a besula could have married a kayan. She could have been eligible to eat truma. That's the big uh, besura over here. Master of Papa, so we know she was the almana. Rav Papa asked challenging question. Atu almana mila yachla betruma. Let's say a widow marries a kayan. She can also eat truma. So what's the whole news? Big news. This lady got married. Oh, so special. She could have married a Kayan. Does that mean she's a Basula? No. Even the Almada can marry a Kayan. Big whoop. Elomar of Papa. Of Papa says, Zu, Rashis, Kitruma, Rashis. Doesn't mean she's eligible to eat Truma, to, to, to eat Truma only. Right. 
and Amana could also eat Truma. However, the same way Truma is taken from the best, the first, the best, so too this Kala over here is the best. And we're going to get on, we're going to use this as a segue now to get onto some fascinating and famous Gemaras. Here we go. They would bring a barrel of wine in front of a besula who got married. If she was a besula, the barrel would be closed. If she wasn't a besula, she was already a non-virgin. We'd pass the barrel in front of her and it would be open to show that her body is already open. Says the Gemara, Amai, why did we do this? Never kame besula, vikame beula lay never claw. Why do you got to say, you know, to, to bring a closed barrel to show that her body was closed off to men and she's mamisha tsunua and uh, all these things? Fine, very nice. But in front of a beula, you got to bring an open barrel? What do you, you got to, what is some sort of embarrassing uh, type of thing? Like, wh- why would you do that? Says the Gemara, no. I'll tell you why. Because it was actually done on purpose. Because Zimnin, there are times, the Tafsa Masayim, where she's going to want a 200 Zuz Ksuba, Va'amra, and she says, Ana Basulava, I'm a Basula. Avru Kamoi, and when they don't pass a barrel in front of me, it was because they couldn't find the barrel. You hear this? It's incredible. You know why they would bring an open barrel in front of a Bula? Because otherwise, if let's say they don't bring an open barrel in front of a Bula, let's say they didn't bring a barrel at all, comes time to get, you know, uh, the Ksuba is now lost. And, and, and we have a machlekes. She says, I was a basula. And they say, really? Well, why at your wedding didn't they bring a closed barrel in front of you? You know what she could say? They ran out of barrels. The barrel store was closed. The caterer forgot to order it. But if you pass a barrel and you open it and you pass it in front of her, what's she going to say then? What are you going to say then, lady? They couldn't find? Of course. So the reason why we pass the barrel in front of the bula is to take away any potential foul, uh, monetary foul play on behalf of the kala later on. Beautiful. That's the last sugya. We're going to pick up from here tomorrow. I just want to finish off the daf. Give us a, a beautiful way to go into Shabbos. Some simcha. You ready? Tanara, bon of the rabbis learn so kala. How do you dance in front of the kala? So Beishamai Yomrim, Beishamai says, I'll tell you how to dance in front of the Kala. You do the Kazatska. No, it's not what he says. It's not what he says. You think that's what he says, right? You do the Kazatska or do you do the Hora? Yeah? No. So, so what do you, how, how do you dance in front of the Kala? What do you mean how do you dance in front of the Kala? So this is a very important sugya. We're going to hold it here, okay? But let's, let's explain. Why do you go to Chasna? For the food? For the smorgasbord? Why do we go to Chasna? So we go to the Chasna for the smorgasbord. That's why we go. The mice. The mice. Right? <laughs> That's why I go. Yeah? But uh, the mitzvah of a Chasna, what's the mitzvah? To be misameach chosen mikala. So that's why we dance in front of the kala. To be misameach. The Gemara is now going to teach us, the bride is going to teach us, when you go to a Chasna, what's the objective What's the goal? What are you, how are you misameach the couple? What do you say to her? What do you say to him? Because that's ultimately the mitzvah. 
We'll hold it here before we're not even going to read the answer of Hashem Ibisil. That's tomorrow's daf. Hashem, tomorrow evening we will pick up with Tanur Rabbanon on the bottom of Tezayin Amud Beis, and we'll get into this uh, beautiful, fascinating, uh, fascinating sugya. The next daf has a lot of stories, agadita, and uh, a lot of things to learn. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.